probably top three life experiences for me. There's no question. I mean, just to, to be part of a Stanley Cup celebration and, and having star players who played in the series coming up and hugging you and spraying champagne on you, we were like, Howard and I were looking at each other like, well, two little, two working stiffs from Brooklyn, New York, and look where we are now. <laughs> we were like, we never could envision this. I mean, like, not in our wildest dreams. It, would, it just means so much. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli. This is Crunch Chronicles. Great to be with you once again here today. Episode 10 of the show. It has been so enjoyable so far getting a chance to catch up with all of our Crunch alumni over the course of the first nine episodes of this series, and we very much are looking forward to continuing that moving forward. However, this week we pause a little bit on the alumni side of things, at least the on-ice personnel involving the Crunch, and today we go into the front office for a bit and we talk with a guy who's been here since really the very beginning. He's been involved since before the crunch or even a thing. He was a part of the reason why the crunch became the crunch. And of course, we're talking about the crunch's chief financial officer, Vance Lederman. He's been such an integral part of this organization since the start. And boy, did we enjoy our conversation with him. Kind of a way to celebrate now hitting 10 episodes here on Crunch Chronicles. We have a special guest and it is Vance Lederman, a guy who I think if you've ever come to a Crunch game, you know who he is. If you've been around the Crunch for a year, a month, a day, whatever, his presence is always felt. It's always known. He's got such a, a vibrant personality and he's been such a great guy to have with Syracuse, with the Crunch uh, for such a long time. The impact he's made, not only with the Crunch, but in the community is, I mean, it's hard to even put into words what he has done uh, for both the Crunch and the Central New York community over the years. So we were very happy to catch up with Vance Lederman, a guy who's been here since the start, and he is guest number 10 on Crunch Chronicles. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Lucas, and uh, very excited to uh, to be in front of you right now. And you are a legend in this town, just oh, so you know. I'm a legend. You, you are. You are. The, no one is more of a legend than you, yeah. Vance. I think you might be the most, aside from maybe Howard Dolan, Crunch owner, you might be the most synonymous person with the Syracuse Crunch in the city of Syracuse these days. Yeah, and that's really not because I'm really good at what I do, just because I've been around long enough. <laughs> you have the longevity, that's right, it. Right, right. <laughs> sure about the knowledge part, but certainly the longevity part I got down, you know? Yeah, well, uh, hey, you've been here a long time. You've been a critical part of this organization, as we know. We'll dive into the kind of the beginnings of, of your time with the Crunch here shortly. But first, I just want to, you know, maybe give everyone an update on, on your, your world these days. What's going on? I, I, I think everyone knows you, of course. You talk to everyone. You're kind of the, uh, the, the one of the mayors of this city, I would think. But for those who maybe haven't seen Vance in a while because of the pandemic, what's, what's new in your world? Well, my world, the, the biggest new thing in my world, my personal world, is my three granddaughters. Yeah. So I've had three granddaughters in the last 15 months, and I have to say it's a pretty cool thing. When I think of myself as a grandpa, it kind of freaks me out a little bit, but by the same token, it's it's just amazing. It's just to see your kids have kids is, is pretty, 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 uh, pretty much an incredible feeling. So, uh, so that's certainly the number one really new thing in my life and kind of really helped me a lot during the 20, 21 months that, you know, we weren't playing or we played in front of, you know, with no fans. And it really kind of balanced me out 
out quite a bit. And it really has been, it, the timing was perfect. You know, it really, really helped me. And as we, as, as we both know, it's been pretty challenging the last, you know, year and a half, you know? Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and like you said, that was perfect timing for that. I mean, what, what's it been like just to, to see the, the grandchildren now you have them? It, it's, it's got to be a, a life-changing experience again. I mean, you have kids, that's life-changing. Now you go through that phase in a different manner, I guess, but also uh, very life-changing. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, really, when I'm with my grandkids, it's just really, honestly, nothing else matters. You know, I, as soon as I leave, I start thinking about the million things I have to do. But when I'm with my grandkids, it's just purely, it's honestly, it's just pure joy. And the world is good, you know, when I'm hanging out with them. And, you know, the fact that one of them kind of looks like me is a pretty cool thing, too. <laughs> oh, well, we won't say anything negative about that then today. Normally, we might take a shot or two at the looks or this or that. But that's wonderful. That's that's great to hear. I appreciate that. Uh, and you mentioned how challenging this the last 18 months or 20 months or whatever has been now for the crunch and for really every business in the, in the city and in, in the country. Pro hockey and pro sports has been hit pretty hard. Well, I, I know we said we'll start at the beginning, but well, I guess we'll start there first. Just this last uh, stretch and how challenging it has been for you as a, a, pre, a people person, obviously, and uh, and the money guy for the crunch as well. It, it's It's got to have been a, a real uh, headache of the last 20 months for you. Yeah, it's been very, you know, it's been extremely challenging. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, we've been able to, you know, the, I think the, the key word, the operative word over the last 20 months was survival. And we, we have survived, I mean, mainly, I mean, at the end of the day, mainly because of really Jim Sorosi, uh, COO, and, you know, uh, Stephanie Gale and Bridget and Megan and Andrea I don't, I don't know. Do I have to say last names? You, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I'm not sure. But they, I mean, really, what he did with that, with those four, it honestly, it's just, I, to me, I've never seen the work ethic. That way, it's been, to me, it's been unparalleled. And really, they made it happen, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, I helped along the way. I chipped in. But really, they were the ones, they were the ones that were really forging ahead and the ones that really, really helped us survive. You know, no question about it. Yeah, if there's, that's for sure. I mean, I came in a couple times last year to, to call a few games. But you could just see how much they had put in last season in a year that there were no fans. And it was, it was you know, I walk in the, the tightrope, I guess not only the crunch but all of these teams in the AHL and, and, and minor league sports it, it's just had been such a challenging year to to, to put on in, over the last uh, last stretch of time yeah no question I mean you know when you talk you know I talk to a bunch of people and talk to a bunch of businesses and you know they say revenues down 20 percent 30 percent and I'm like okay well our revenues down about 99 percent so it wasn't you know we were not able to do business yeah. basically and uh you know my you know my mantra now is really quite honestly is survive and thrive so we have we've kind of you know kind of reset ourselves a little bit uh in terms of you know trying different things in order to generate revenue different revenue streams and again what jim and and the girls did was pretty incredible you know generating those you know those you know uh, creating those additional revenue streams and really making uh, really 
generating a ton of revenue out of those new revenue streams. And so now going forward, we have these, you know, we have these, you know, this couple, you know, additional revenue streams that we never had before. So I, I'm really, you know, again, you know, my mantra is survive and thrive. I yeah. think that honestly, we have a real good shot of coming out of this better than we went in and we weren't bad going in, but I think, you know, we might come out of this even better and, and smarter and, and really kind of, uh, you're putting our resources into areas we never did before. Yeah. I, I think that's from the approach. A lot of people have had to look at is this is kind of just COVID has fast forwarded a lot of things and you've gotten to places. Maybe, uh, you were getting to five, 10 years down the line. Instead, it's happened in, in 16, 18, 20 months or whatever it might be, uh, survive and thrive. I like it though. That's a, it's a good mantra. And I, I think that's probably, we can start to look back to where the crunch first began. And I can imagine it's probably the same type of, of, of mantra from the beginning. We got to survive crunch coming into Syracuse. We know everyone talked about Syracuse as that quote unquote hockey graveyard, right? Uh, when, when the crunch got to town and uh, boy, the crunch survived and they have, they throw the, uh, that's not a word, but we'll, we'll say it anyway. They throw, they thrived over the years. Uh, take us back though, to, to your origins with, with the organization and, and how it all began for you here. Well, I, uh, well, I will say that uh, I have, it's better now because I have a little more knowledge. You know, we have knowledge. When we started this, we, we were clu- kind of clueless, quite honestly. You know, we just say, hey, we love hockey. Hockey's a great, you know, it, you know it's, it was a great market. You know, Syracuse was a great market for hockey. Some things that occurred kind of weakened the teams that were here. And, you know, for, you know, for, you know, for us initially, it, it's, it's great to say, hey, you know, we, you know, we, you know that we're going to buy a hockey team, a hockey franchise and operate it. But now, okay, now what do we do? You know, my background, I'm a financial guy. My background, I was working for a steel company at the time. Yeah. That has zero to do with hockey, you know. And there's a lot of business people out there that very successful business people that try sports, they don't do too well. So you got to operate it a little bit differently. But as the story goes, the the origin, I mean, Howard and I uh, were running one night. We used to run quite a bit. We used to run about 20 miles uh, a week, in you know, on Long Island. And, you know, we put our kids to bed when our kids were, you know, little and we and we go running and one night he kind of says to me, I, I don't even know how to, I don't even know where it came from. He said, you know, would you want to get involved? If I buy a hockey team, would you want to get involved? And I'm like, and I was kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. You sure? All right. Yeah. All right. Like, you're just, you're just, you know, like it's never going to happen. Yeah. Right. And, and then a week later, a week later, he said that we have a meeting in Syracuse. So my first reaction, quite honestly, was, okay, where is Syracuse? I have no idea where this is. I've heard of it, but I had no idea where it was. And he said that the marketing guy, the chief marketing guy, there was actually an individual here in Syracuse, Brian Elwell, who kept on calling the AHL office saying, hey, we really want to get a team back here. We really want to get a team back here. The last time they had a team was 1979. So it was about 14, 15 years. And the marketing guy who had worked with Howard on programs when Howard owned a PR firm, that, that you know he worked on programs with the league, said, "Listen, this guy keeps on calling. I know you, you know, you express interest in maybe owning a minor league hockey team. What do you think about Syracuse, New York as a market?" And Howard said, "Yeah, it sounds interesting." And and basically, so we met with the local leaders here. First time, we kind of mapped out what we needed to do, and you know, from beginning, I would say from the, from day one to the time that 
so the league required, so obviously we had to buy a franchise, we had to have an affiliation agreement with an NHL club, and we had to have a lease with the building. So those three items, quite honestly, from the first day we, we, we met here in Syracuse till we finally got everything done, it was about one year to the day almost, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of discussion, a lot of negotiation, but one thing we realized is we, as we kept on coming here was that these people are kind of ready for for hockey again, you know? I mean, it, like I said, it was 79, this was 1993, this was 1993 initially. Mm-hmm. It obviously went into 94. And as time went on and we met with these people, we saw the excitement building that we said, listen, I think we might be onto something here, you know? I yeah. mean, this market really seems very primed for hockey to be back. And, you know, and like I said, it took us about a year to get it done. And, and quite honestly, it's been, you know, it's been a great, it's been a great run. It's been a great 28-year run. I mean, connecting with the community, wonderful community, corporate community has been great. The the, the Just the, the people at, at the games, our fans, I just, honestly, I just love talking to them. You know, I really do. I mean, they're so passionate about the team, and it's just, it's just a real good feeling all around. You know, a lot of, seemingly a lot of love. You know, and and we certainly, I think, the fans love the team, and and certainly the team loves the fans back. No question about it. Yeah, it's been a, like you said, a wonderful run. I I, I want to go back into those shoes though in the '93, you know, '94 time. Could you possibly envision yourself still in Syracuse now? I mean, you weren't obviously here then. Could you imagine 28 years later? You're here, and and this team is doing as well as it has done in that span. No, not at all. I mean, honestly, I mean, I didn't even, I wasn't, you know, long term for me was a year. Mm. So to think I've been here, we've been here 28, and I've I've been involved with the team since the beginning, here physically since 1996. I never, I never envisioned that. I never envisioned that, you know, I didn't really think about it. I didn't think we'd fail. Yeah, right. But I never really looked at, you know, hey, 28, 30 years down the road as, you know, as I just celebrated my 64th birthday, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> where did the last 27 and 28 years go, you know? But it's been, like I said, it's been a great run. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're basically looking at the next 28 years, you know, no question. Yeah, well, the Crunch have become really a model franchise in the AHL. They're, we're here as one of the, the longest running franchises in the league, one of the longest independently owned franchises in the league. Uh, There really is, it's just been so positive, I guess, since the start. There's obviously been a few lean years along the way, whether it's on the ice or off the ice, but essentially from day one through now, it's it's really been a such a strong run. It, it, and it has. I mean, we've had some, as you said, as you alluded to, some challenging years. I mean, certainly 98-99 when we had to duel with Vancouver and Pittsburgh and we, and we won 18 games. I mean, try walking around the rink and putting a positive spin on that with the fans. It was a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little difficult, you know, and that, but really overall, I mean, the lead years have been very minuscule compared to the success seasons you know and it's been uh, it's just it's been a ton of fun and to think that you know if you would have told me when I was 10 years old that when you got older you you know you work you know you work in sports and make money at it I would have said sign me up right you know right then and there I mean I grew up in Brooklyn with Howard we it was 12 15 of us we played ball all day all day every day so to think that I've made a career in sports 
is just, you know, I, it, to this day, every once in a while, I still pinch myself and like, is this really real? And it's just, you know, it's just an incredible, I, I feel I've been, I feel I've been incredibly blessed and, you know, it's been, uh, I, I'm, it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's just an amazing feeling really. Yeah. I know you said, you know, you maybe were thinking a year or two, you might be here or involved with everything. What, what has kept you, uh, you know, besides maybe just what you kind of alluded to, you're working in sports, you're enjoying it, you're having a great time. Is there something that has really, you know, kept you here and, and connected as much as you obviously have been over the years? Like what, what's the thing that has really, uh, I, I guess, um, I, I connected you so much to this position where you really haven't been able to, to leave it. You've loved it so much. Well, I mean, obviously hockey, the hockey. I mean, I love the hockey. I mean, you know, I'm at the point, you know, whether, you know, during the week, it, it's okay. Yeah. Game days, I love game days. Basically, you know, I, I was, I was a little, little concerned, quite honestly, for the last twenty months, how I'd kind of find my mojo again, you know. But once, uh, once opening that, you know, once opening that kicked in, and it just seemed like, you know, like riding a bike, basically. Uh, so also the fans' reaction to us, you know, the love that we get back is just so strong. I think that we're very much a you know very much part of the fabric of this community and that means a lot to me and and, and to us as well you know we really we feel very strongly about giving back to the community that supports us and it's really I think it maybe come down to it you know obviously the hockey is key but also the relationship between the team and the fans is really something special in my opinion you know I think that's got to be one of the key reasons why the crunch have been so successful right is is how connected they are to the community on the ice with the fans here but also involved in just community aspects whether it's through the uh, the foundation the crunch have now and all of that stuff I mean to me this this team is as ingrained in the community uh, as any team in the city. I agree. I agree 100%. And I think I think what sets us apart from the other sports properties, just is my opinion, is that we we don't just say we care. We just we just do, you know, our we actions speak do. louder than our words. We really do care. And if, and I think that's a key and I think our accessibility you know, senior team management here on the ground here, you see us walking around the ring, talking to people, and I think people love that accessibility. I mean, if if I give somebody my cell number, hey, call me if you need something, they're like, I've given them the world. Yeah. And you, and you mean it, too. You give them, you want to call. And I do. And I do. And I don't, I don't realize, I guess at the end of the day, too, I never realized until maybe recently or maybe, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, when we were playing, how much of an impact that we've had on this community. And, you know, you don't think about it. You're like, hey, you're having fun, you know, you're going to hockey, you work for a hockey team. And But I think that the impact we've had on this on this uh, community cannot be underestimated, in my opinion, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's been great to see, and, and uh, it has been a very positive impact from the crunch here in central New York. Uh, again, shifting our focus back to, to the start of, of the uh, of the franchise, though, you, you, had a, you were talking about it earlier. Uh, I'm curious, just some of the process and, and some of the challenges that you and the group faced as you were going through that process of getting the lease figured out, getting the affiliation all lined up, getting everything kind of taken care of. I mean, how how involved were you and what were the challenges that you personally had to face through the course of all of that? Yeah, I, I was involved pretty much, you know, 
alongside of Howard. I mean, Howard was obviously the you know the main you know the lead you know the leading guy, but I certainly was you know certainly had a supporting role. Uh, I think the biggest thing for us was the the affiliation agreement with the NHL you know with an NHL club. I mean, that was really you know we met with some teams and you know we actually met with I, I guess I could say now all these years later we actually met with the Detroit Red Wings with Doug McLean when McLean was in Detroit about potentially Aaron Adirondack at the time mm-hmm. and Howard and I met with uh, Doug and, and some other people uh, at, uh, at at uh, Joe Louis Arena and because Aaron Adirondack at the time as I said and, and they kind of were not happy and but so that didn't that didn't really go too well. So I mean, the money they were asking was kind of crazy. Yeah. So we're like, I don't think we can do this. So just basically finding an NHL partner was probably probably the most difficult of the three. Is you know, obviously the least was, and it wasn't difficult. I, I, you know, it, it wasn't easy, but it was a lot easier than finding an NHL partner. Mm-hmm. And through through the league, the league helped us identify Vancouver as a potential first partner. They were in Hamilton at the time, and they were, I guess it was just a horrible situation there. I mean, there was a a guy who was running the team, an ex-NHL player who was running the team, and they were just kind of going, going down, down, down even further. And to the point where, when we had discussion, when we initiated discussions with Vancouver, with George McPhee, by the way, who was the AGM at the yep. time, who's now the president. I don't know what his title yeah, is now. Yeah, Vegas. Vegas, right. He actually, at a certain point, he actually listen, can you guys maybe take over in January? And we're like, huh? What? <laughs> humana, 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 humana. <laughs> yeah, a little Ralph Cramden, humana, <laughs> yeah. Humana, humana, humana. yeah. We were like, uh, I don't think, I don't know. I, we, we really didn't know. Yeah. It was that bad. The situation there was that bad that he really, he would have, he, in like three months, mm. go there. You know, we'll bring the team to Syracuse, and and obviously we weren't ready, and so that's kind of started the conversation. And as we went on and then on, I mean, it, it took about six months, uh, you know, the negotiation. And during that time, we also established a relationship with George, and also you know Pat Quinn a little bit. He was a jam at the mm-hmm. time, and and basically, I, I think they the relationship. To me, is always the key. You know, you can align with anybody, any team, but you have to have that and that 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 relationship building that we had with George early on really gave him a lot of confidence that hey, you know what? I think these guys are you know can be really good operators. Syracuse is a good market. I think that you know let's pursue this, and and we did. And like I said, it took us about six months to get the deal done, but yeah. that was the final piece in securing you know in securing playing in. 94-95. I'd say, upon reflection, that the, the decision to, I mean, you mentioned Vancouver, might have been eager to move immediately, probably for the best. Obviously, A, you weren't ready here, but B, if, if you came in and it weren't quite ready and didn't have that initial impact here in Syracuse like you guys were able to put out when you first started in September of 94, uh, who knows how things might have gone from there, but you were able to hit September 94, that opening night with such aggressiveness, such, obviously, the pomp and circumstance of that opening night. It kind of set the the groundwork for the rest of that year, and obviously to where we are now. Yeah, no question, no question. I mean, honestly, we weren't ready even. So we finalized everything in. So we had a big press conference May fifth, nineteen ninety four. 
We had four and a half months to start the season, and we were like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Now we it's us. We don't really have much time here. We got to figure this out. And really, it's a, it's a business unlike any. And so it was really, it was really something we did a lot of learning along the way. There's no question. And, and really, someone that really helped us quite a bit, actually, before we actually physically got the team was Tom Mitchell, who was the owner of Binghamton. Mm-hmm. We actually went to a Binghamton playoff game in 1993 and just kind of just picked his brain in terms of hockey. He was in the league a long time already. And basically, he really helped us quite a bit because we really, honestly, just to be perfectly frank, like we really didn't didn't really know what to do. I mean, we really didn't. And it was such a new thing. And everybody we hired, nobody knew. I mean, they were involved in hockey somewhat, but it was a really, it was a learning experience. We had some bumps. And uh, the first year was obviously, I think, the, you know, the, 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 the pent up demand for hockey was there and you know we probably I think we sold out like half our games mm-hmm. the first year and in the first three years were actually very very successful and by year four and that's generally in this league supposedly the honeymoon period is three yeah. years and by league four there was some kinks in the armor that we had to address and you know over the next couple two three years it was I, I won't say it was weak but certainly weaker than the first three and you know we kind of set you know some things up for long term success and it's been it's been like I said it's been a really it's been a really great run since then I mean we've had some other lean years yeah certainly the 98-99 was Disaster. A year you want to forget. It was, it was, a, disaster. It was a disaster. It was just like, well, I mean. Is that the hardest time that you've had here coming coming into work every day, coming to those game days was during that year? A hundred percent. I mean, it was just very, very difficult. And we had, you know, at that time, I, I don't want to say, but uh, I'll make it with a team was comprised of a lot of Europeans. And at that time, they were only playing like 30, 40 games, I think, a season. And so it, it's it's not so much losing. I mean, obviously, you don't want to lose, mm-hmm. but the perceived – the problem we had as well was a perceived lack of effort on the team's part and the fans. And that does not fly right. here. Right. I no think question. I think what I've learned – I mean, I've obviously been an intern for a couple of years here, and this is, what, my fifth year. If, if there's anything that Crunch fans want, they're very knowledgeable. They want players who compete on the ice. That's, that's first and foremost, and if you have that problem that year, we'll look out. A hundred percent. I mean, listen, if you lose, if, if, you, if you leave it all out on the ice, people appreciate the ethic. But if you, you know, but if you, if, if it's perceived that you're not working hard, I mean, it's, it's kind of a recipe for disaster, you know? Yeah. So we had, you know, we had a kind of double down that year over the next couple of years and kind of really kind of get ourselves in a better financial position, which it took a couple of years, but we were able to, and really for, really, I see over the last two decades, quite honestly, it's been, it hasn't always been great, but I, I would say, it's been pretty solid, you know, and, and as you alluded to earlier, we are for independent teams where we are the second most senior independent team, which is really something that we're real proud of. Yes. I mean, the longevity part in this business. And I believe somebody mentioned, I don't know, somebody said like 3018, the 28 years we've been here, like 38 teams have come and gone, some kind of At crazy least, yeah, like it's, it's so many. Yeah. Yeah, and to be able to say, you know, we've been around for 28 and probably, you know, the brand, I think, is probably, 
I got to think is as strong as it's ever been. I mean, maybe the last couple of years have taken, you know, due to what's happened, yeah. maybe a little bit of a hit. But in 1920, as we were, you know, as, as we were proceeding through the uh, season, our brand was pretty hot. And I think to, to say that your brand is, is I, and I think we're getting back mm-hmm. there, and to say that our brand is pretty much getting hot again after 28 years, I think is a very cool experience. Yeah, it's awesome. No there's, no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it's been such a great run for the Crunch. You mentioned earlier relationships as a big part of, of A, getting Vancouver here. Uh, the Crunch have had a, a couple of NHL affiliates over the year. We'll get to the current one now, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And when you think about relationships, I feel like this is as strong as it's ever been for the Crunch in terms of of a relationship with an NHL affiliate. I mean, I've only been involved with the Lightning's affiliation, so that's all I know. But it feels like from everything I've ever heard, this is as strong as it gets with the, the folks in Tampa Bay, whether initially Steve Heisman and now moving on with Julian Brisebois and Stacey Roos. I mean, the relationship with all the folks there in Tampa seems like it has just been uh, a beneficial partnership for them, obviously, and for us as well. No question. I mean, they are... I can't imagine a better NHL partner than the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're so inclusive. They include us. In, they include us in everything. As we are their success the last two years, they will acknowledge that we here in Syracuse have been as big a part of the championship teams as anybody. And to hear that from these guys, it's just. To me, it's an organization beyond reproach. I mean, they could be. I I I I, I fail to see a better sports organization than them in any sport. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, they are just incredibly inclusive. They are the relationships that we have are just so strong. And I feel also that in our league, in the in the American League, the independent affiliation. I think we're held up as the bar. Yeah. In the AHL, this is the relationship that every independent team wants to have with their NHL partner, and it's just—I mean—the stuff that they've done, and you know, they know the last couple of years have been difficult, and they've been very appeasing and very, 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 uh, just very understanding about the situation, and to have that, and and just, and like I said, the relationships with you know Julian and, and Stacy and 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 Matthew Darch. I mean, it's just. You know, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, you know, business partners, but you know what? We're also friends. Mm-hmm. And that, that, I think, is important. And I'm a big relationship-building guy. And to, to see the relationships we have with the individuals the, and the organization is just, like I said, I think we're held up as the bar in the American League in terms of independent teams. Yeah, and it's just astounding that this is the 10th season already with Tampa Bay. I mean, it it is flown right by. It is crazy. I mean, to think that, and, and, you know, and we got a little spoiled, obviously, in 12-13, the first year with these guys. I mean, you know, we went to the finals. We're like, wow, (laughs) maybe we can do this for another four or five years in a row, and we know how hard it is to get there. So, uh, but it, it's, you know, it, it was, it's been that part for us. You know, I know Howard and I kind of, it's been a, a frustrating. We just want to win one, you know. We just, we feel if we win one, we're just playing with house money after that. You know, and to come close twice, I mean, you know, when you mm-hmm. get there, you want to win. 
So, but I think that uh, with this organization, we feel very confident they're going to give us a real good team every year that has potential to win it all every year, which I don't, I'm not so sure a whole lot of teams can say that, you know? Yeah. So, and, and they care about us. Yeah, they do. They really do. They, they really do. There's no doubt. It doesn't hurt that Julian Breezewatt is the GM there now, and he was obviously uh, a big, he was the GM here for the crunch. So uh, that relationship is very strong. I know you say you want that one, just the one. Just the I mean, one. I mean, what is, what, what's the feeling for you? I mean, you're 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 not involved on the ice necessarily, but you're so invested in this to see multiple teams now go to the finals. Just come up a hair short, but to to have those playoff runs and and to feel the energy. I mean, you can tell how much it means to the the people here in Syracuse, oh, the no fans. Question. Those playoff runs were just electric. But from your perspective, from for everything involved, I mean, what would it mean to the city, to you, to the organization to get that championship? Uh, I think well for you know. For for me personally, it would be I, I don't even know. I can't even. I don't know what words I would use. It would be truly, truly amazing to say that you know I am part of a championship. You know, a championship team here. I mean, obviously with Tampa, like, as I said, they're very inclusive. So I'm not taking anything away from that because that was. I mean, when they won it last year in Game Five. And Howard and I and, and Jim were there, and we were at the post-game party. It's probably top three life experiences for me. There's no question. I mean, mm-hmm. just to to be part of a Stanley Cup celebration and and having star players who played in the series coming up and hugging you and spraying champagne on you. We were like, Howard and I were looking at each other like, well, two little two working stiffs from Brooklyn, New York, and look where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, we never could envision this. I mean, like, not in our wildest dreams. It would, it would just mean so much. And it would it would mean a lot to, I think, just everybody in terms of the hard work we put in. And, and our staff, and listen, I'm not just I'm not just saying this, and I know people say, you know, my staff is great. and, and, and But truly, truly, I can't imagine. And, I, again, I'm being perfectly straight up, a better staff than we have in terms of the work ethic going the extra mile it's just it's almost it would almost be like a reward for them as well to say that they were part of it and quite frankly a big part of it you know so to say you're a big part of a championship team would would, would be amazing in terms of the city i think it would just be you know it would just be so cool to say hey you know, there's another champion in town, basically. I mean, that, I mean let's face it, there hasn't been overall too many championships in, in this town. I mean, obviously, back in 55, the Syracuse Nats and SU winning one in like 04. So it would, it would be, it would, I think, you know, for the city, it would, it would feel really, really amazing. And, and just, I don't know, I don't know how it would react quite <laughs> Well, we can't I'm not wait. really sure, well, you know? <laughs> we can't wait for that day. It's, it's coming sooner rather we than hope later, so. we hope. We but hope so, it, yes. it's, it's been, we've been so close a couple times now. Uh, we've, uh, I, I want to get to a couple of quick uh, quick hitters for you. We've had you for quite a while, and you will be back on this. Don't you worry. No, I, I, we, we've barely scratched the surface of some of this stuff that we could talk about. I look here. forward to it. But uh, <laughs> it's a couple of quick hitters. I'm curious for you over your uh, over your time, who's uh, maybe a player or two or a coach who stood out to you as a guy you either 
drives you nuts, you know, asking for things or a relationship that you've formed with someone over the years that uh, that you're like, you know what, he was a good guy on the ice, he was a good guy off the ice, whatever it might be. Who's a, a player that you've enjoyed over the years? You know, it's, it's been a bunch. I mean, there's usually, there's usually like every year, in a normal year, I usually connect with a couple, two, three guys. Obviously, the last couple of years have been a little, you know, not being able to do that. And that's uh, hurt you. You love that, too. You love, I, I, you love interacting with these guys and getting to know them. Well, I do, because also I want to and I try and I try you know as a financial guy you know obviously you got to be fiscally responsible but at the same time you want to take care of the players you want to put the players in in, in, in the best position to succeed you know so we like I like we I we all do we like going the extra mile it might cost a little bit more money but we like going the extra mile to show the players hey we really appreciate you we're going to take care of you really well here just so you know and and I and I'm, I'm sure you've heard because you know all these players they know each other they all talk to each other and we feel we've created an atmosphere here that a free agent they'll talk to some guys hey I know you played in Syracuse how is it and I feel real real proud of the fact that I'd be I'd be hard I it I I can't imagine we'd be getting any really negative reviews you know Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, I know I didn't answer. Uh, no, I well, I, I I distracted you. I got it. I interrupted. I'll take the phone. I know for that. I didn't ask you, but you know what? I mean, so many guys over the years. I, 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 I we became. I became very friendly with Brian Bonin back in the day. Him and his wife. Uh, you know, Danny Walcott. Now, uh, you know, it's just really just a, a bunch of players, but not. It's it's been it's just I like getting to know them. Yeah, you know I really really like getting to know them. But over the years, you know, you know the the uh, uh, I didn't really talk to them. <laughs> just so you know, he wasn't here too long. So, but, but one but one recent guy that I really kind of connected with over the last four or five years was Yanni Gordon. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gordon and I, you know, Yanni and I really I'm not saying we we were you know going out socially, but we were very very you know very friendly. I got to know him a lot. I got to know his wife. And so he really stands out in recent years in terms of the one guy. But uh, it's, you know, one thing about Tampa is, you know, they draft pretty quality guys. Yeah, they're all signed quality guys, you know, and, you know, they are just a character is is it means a lot. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we've had we've had very in in the Tampa era, we've had very few. Not nice guys. Mm-hmm. We've had some, but yeah. you can probably count on one hand, though, the, yeah. the couple guys who were like, "Yeah, right. I'll, right. I'll, I'll do what I have to do." And that's about it, right? right you and know. those guys, they don't last long. Exactly, it's true. So, no question about it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I like again. I just like the interaction with the players. Just, I like the coaching staff. I'm a big Benny fan. You know, he's a really, he's kind of a guy. He's kind of a guy that you can hang out with. Yeah, and and, and some of the coaches we've had, we we. we I don't think we're able to say that about everybody. So he's just a really good guy, and I think he's a great coach. I think he's a wonderful coach, and I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was in the NHL in a couple, two, three years. Yeah, no I'm, I'm kind of shocked he's not there already with so, what he's done here. But yeah. we're very fortunate that he's still here. Yeah, obviously. All right, one more. Uh, Any you want to tell one good uh, story that you've had over the years? Is there one off the top of your head that you can think well, of? Here's one off the top of my head. I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I am. So, uh, so there's a Jewish holiday. It's called Passover. Okay. Yeah. I know you. I yeah. know you're aware of it, and you know how and I celebrate Passover. So there, there's a, there's a a there's a tradition at Passover. 
you take a piece of matzah and you hide it. So we took about five pieces of matzah and we hid it around the rink. And we asked, we asked people to find it. So we found four to five. So about six months later, <laughs> we're walking around the rink. We're like, what? It, what, what? Is that the matzo from like six months ago? And we, and, and the matzo was there, and uh, no, I didn't eat it. I will tell you that. I'm surprised. But yeah, I saw my actually, really, because at that time I was eating everything. <laughs> You're still eating everything these days, uh, uh, man. Kind of sort of, kind of sort of. But yeah, I just thought it was hysterical that we we couldn't find it. We looked, and then by chance we found, we just cracked up. Like, it, I can't believe that is what it is, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, but but other stories. I, I mean, it might be a little X-rated. Yeah, so I might be able to say. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll get <laughs> we'll find some other ones uh, for the the next episode. You're gonna have to come back on, like we said. I was I was kind of hoping today, as we record this, we're playing the Laval Rocket. Next time on, you'll have to talk about the time you went to Laval. That's a good story. <laughs> we'll get to that. You don't have to mention anything now, but we'll get to that one uh, next time you're on. If if you're okay with that, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. It's a great story, everyone. We'll see if. We'll see if Vance discloses it next time he's on the show. Vance, we very much appreciate your time here today. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, it's been it's, awesome. It's Thanks been for wonderful. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And like I said, we've I think barely just scratched the surface. So we'll have to have you back on again at some point down the line. But thanks for doing this, and uh, we can't wait to see you celebrating a Calder Cup at some point here in Syracuse. And maybe it's this year, maybe it's uh, in the next couple of years. But we're looking forward to a return to normalcy here the rest of this year and moving forward. You can't wait for us to celebrate. Well, Cold Cup. not just me, it's us, buddy. Looking forward to advance. <laughs> Thanks here. again. Thank you very much. There he is, the Chief Financial Officer of the Syracuse Crunch, Vance Lederman, this week's guest on Crunch Chronicles. We thank him for his time this week on the program. And uh, as you heard there, we will have him back again. Uh, we could have gone for hours and hours with Vance. Uh, he can talk. He, he loves to uh, talk about the, you know, the Crunch. You can just feel the passion that he has for this organization, for this city, this community, and the team itself. And uh, you, you could just we could just keep going and going with Vance, um, but we uh, will certainly circle back with him uh, in a future episode and get more into uh, the rest of his time here with the Crunch. Maybe we'll get into some of the funny stories. I think everyone in the organization uh, has a good Vance story. I think anyone who's ever uh, worked with Vance, either if you're a fan listening to this, if you are a player, if you're a coach, anyone who has dealt with Vance has a fun Vance story. He's just that kind of person. Uh, and we've been very fortunate to have him here uh, in Syracuse since the mid-90s. So uh, thanks again to Vance Lederman, our guest here on episode 10 of Crunch Chronicles. If you appreciated the episode, if you liked the episode, uh, give it a rating and a review. We will uh, certainly appreciate that. You can obviously email me uh, any comments about uh, either this episode with Vance. If you if you have a funny story about Vance or any of our previous guests as well, the first nine episodes, of course, available wherever you listen to this podcast, uh, we would certainly like to hear from you. Uh, the email lfavali at syracusecrunch.com or you can tweet me on Twitter at Lucas Favali. So uh, that's where you can get in touch with me as we move forward. That's 10 episodes of the book now for Crunch Chronicles. 
Chronicles. We are rolling along as we continue and we'll jump back into the on-ice personnel next week. We've got another excellent guest lined up for episode 11 and beyond here on Crunch Chronicles. That'll do it for us here today. Thanks again to Vance Lederman, our guest here on episode 10. For all of us with the Syracuse Crunch, I'm Lucas Savali saying so long for now. We'll be back next week with another episode of Crunch Chronicles.